In the name of God, who is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, gosh, it feels like a full church. Awesome. It's so nice to see all of you here today. Uh, today is the fourth Sunday in the Easter season. Hard to believe, really, that it's been three weeks since Easter. But uh, the fourth Sunday in Easter is traditionally called Good Shepherd Sunday. I don't know why or how we got this tradition, but it's called Good Shepherd Sunday because uh, every fourth Sunday in Easter we get a portion of John chapter 10 uh, from the Gospel of John chapter 10 where Jesus famously says, as Trent just read, I'm the Good Shepherd. I'm the Good Shepherd. And then I would th- say that the, the Good Shepherd tends to be uh, one of our favorite images of Jesus. You know, perhaps he's, we picture him carrying a lamb over his shoulders or tenderly uh, in his arms. It's just, it's a wonderful image because the, the good shepherd sheds some really valuable light for us on the character of Jesus. The problem is that if he's the shepherd, we're the sheep. And that shed some valuable light on our character. Uh, it's valuable, not as favorable. Not as favorable. So we're going to talk about the sheep. We're going to talk about the shepherd. And we're going to talk about how the shepherd cares for the sheep. I see a lot of people waving their, uh, their bulletins, and I think we're working on that. So cool air coming. There was a uh, hilarious video that went uh, pretty, pretty much viral this, uh, this uh, week. It, um, you may have seen it. I saw it on several different platforms. And it will be the, the subject of countless Good Shepherd sermons this week. Uh, some of you are nodding your heads. Uh, you saw it. But it looks like it was filmed maybe in Eastern Europe. And a, a boy of about 12 years old, it looks, he's pulling a sheep out of a long and very narrow ditch or like a trench. Maybe it was built, uh, it was dug to, to lay some cable or pipe or something. And the sheep is stuck in the ditch head first. And the video begins uh, and, and all you can see is the backside of the sheep. And this boy is pulling on the sheep's hind legs. Well, after a short struggle, the sheep gets out and kind of shakes off the dirt and and bounds away and, and just leaps way high up into the air like a swan dive and lands headfirst in the ditch again. Just completely, uh, it's just his little rear hooves sticking up uh, and like, like this. It's hilarious. Just uh, You can Google sheep ditch video and, uh, and it'll come right up. Uh, do it while Trent's talking, not during the sermon. Um, it's hilarious. It's, um, everybody online just quit watching me and went to watch the video. That's fine. Um, But uh, it it is, from a biblical perspective, it's actually profound. It's actually profound because that sheep was not like some low outlier on the sheep intelligence spectrum, right? I mean, it's just doing what sheep do. And, uh, And they're stubborn, they're independent, and they're not very smart. And let me tell you, independent and not very smart, not a good combination, right? Not a good combo. So when the Bible calls us sheep, it is not calling us cute and fluffy. Uh, It's saying that we are bad. I couldn't help myself. I'm sorry. I'm 
sorry. I'm a sheep. <laughs> so when the Bible calls us sheep, it's saying that we are incapable of shepherding ourselves. We're incapable of shepherding ourselves. I mean, there's a reason why the prophet Isaiah says we all, like sheep, have gone astray, each to his own way, right? Without a shepherd, sheep get lost, and they get themselves into trouble, into danger, and they need rescuing. I mean, and and who here has ever gotten out of one mess and found themselves right in another mess? Or maybe it was the same mess, just a little further down the road, like, like this sheep, you know? Who here has ever said, God, if you'll get me out of this mess, then I promise never to do X, Y, and Z again? How long did it take before X, Y, and Z? You know, not, not long, not long. And listen, we can be sheep immorally, or we can be sheep morally. Like we can wander into uh, some affair or into realizing, gosh, we're drinking too much, or we wake up and realize we got an anger problem. You know, we can want sort of, we don't, we don't do that on purpose. We just kind of wander in there. Or we can wander into uh, being a Pharisee. We, you know, really trying to take care of ourselves, but we start seeing other people not taking care of themselves, and we just start judging them for uh, not making as good of choices as we are. In fact, I would say we are capable of wandering in both directions. At the same time. Now, to say that we are sheep is not to say, you got to get on the straight and narrow. I mean, maybe you should, but that's not what it means. Rather, to say that we are sheep is to say that we are always in need of a shepherd. And it is to say that we are prone constantly to take our eyes off the shepherd. We always need a shepherd. We're always taking our eyes off the shepherd. Now, we love making up rules for ourselves or for other people that make sense to us and then saying, well, that's probably how God wants it, right? We hadn't consulted the manual, you know, the Bible, about what he actually wants, but we, we say that's, that surely that, you know, if God is as reasonable as I am, that's the way he would want it. Why do we do that? It's because we're sheep, right? And speaking of spiritual matter, now I'm sure you've done some amazing thing in your life, but speaking spiritually about all of us, on our own we are stubborn, and independent, and not that smart. I mean, you can spend five minutes on virtually any social media platform and know that what I'm saying is true, all right? And don't say it's just those people, all right? I mean, I have a clergy friend of mine who likes to say that we are all three days away from being on the front page of the tabloids, and most of us are on day two, so we're sheep. We're sheep. And what we need then is a shepherd who knows how we wander and who, rather than throwing his hands up when we wander, watches over us and loves us and brings us back into the fold. And thank God we have just such a shepherd. So Jesus says, I am the good shepherd, right? I'm the good shepherd. I wonder what comes to mind for you when you hear that. Jesus is not saying, I am an above-average shepherd, right? I'm a really talented shepherd. That's not what Jesus is saying. Nor is Jesus saying, I am a really nice guy. I mean, he may be, but that's not what he's saying. He is saying, when he says he's the good shepherd, he's saying he is the shepherd who is good in the divine sense. He's good in the divine sense. He's a shepherd who simply cannot 
and will not do bad or wrong to you or anyone else ever. And therefore, he is the shepherd who will love and care for his sheep even when they wander or even when they jump headfirst into a ditch. And I think we can actually look at Psalm 23, where King David describes God as his shepherd to see just how good the good shepherd is. And some of you have turned to, to that in your bulletin, and I think that's great. I'm going to go through it, actually. Uh, not exactly, but, but it's good to follow along. David, King, da- King David, has apparently embraced the reality of his sheepiness when he says, the Lord is my shepherd. And listen to what he says about this shepherd. He says, he makes it so that I have everything that I need. He offers me comfortable rest. He leads me beside the still waters, which is to say, uh, from a sheep's perspective, he gives me safety. He restores my soul. And if you think about it, that's a strange thing for a sheep to say about a shepherd. He restores my soul. But, but of course, Jesus is the shepherd of our souls. When life grinds us down, it is the good shepherd who restores us. His word gives me guidance to go on the right path. In other words, not to wander. He is with me in scary times. He is with me in conflict. He is my identity. He is my vindication. And he will never leave me. Jesus is my good shepherd. In every sense of the word good, and in the very best sense of the word shepherd, Jesus is the good shepherd. And as the good shepherd, Jesus, in fact, contrasts himself with what he calls the hired hand. The hired hand sees the wolf coming, says Jesus, and runs away, leaves the sheep to fend for themselves. Aren't you glad this is not hired hand Sunday? All right? Hired hand, the hired hand has some authority over the sheep, and, and he has some responsibility, he's, but he's in it for himself. And things are fine when there's no wolves around. He does a fine job keeping the sheep together when the grass is lush and the horizon is clear. But there ain't no amount of money that is worth fighting a wolf for these dumb sheep. right? And frankly, I would say that's reasonable. Because there's a million sheep. There's only one you. Are you going to fight for a sheep? From this metaphor, within this metaphor, it is the good shepherd who is beyond reason. He lays down his life For sheep, for the hind legs sticking out of the ditch. He sees the wolf coming. He grabs his staff. He steals his spine and he steps in. Because the good shepherd is not in it for himself. He's in it for the sheep. Good shepherd is in it for the sheep. Even though, even though sometimes the sheep are, you know, the sheep, and they're like, I want to go with the wolf. Mr. Shepherd, it'll be fine. He promised not to eat me this time. You know, you don't know him like I do, Mr. Shepherd. And the shepherd says no, and we get offended. And, and you know, I, we start saying, I, well, I could never believe in a shepherd like that. Because sheep are stubborn and independent, not that smart. And what happens? We end up face down in a ditch of our own making. 
You know what the hired hand does in that situation? Throws up his hands, walks away, muttering, stupid sheep. (laughs) You know what the good shepherd does in that situation? He pulls us out again and again and again. He loves the sheep anyway, even when we just show our hind legs. You know why he loves the sheep? Because he's the good shepherd. So we talked about the sheep. We've talked about the shepherd. So how does the shepherd care for the sheep? And I've got to tell you, this, this is really what has captured my attention as I've been looking at this passage this week. And really both passages. I mean, the Apostle John wrote the epistle as well as the gospel, same, same author. And, uh, and he says there, too, what he quotes Jesus as in the, in the gospel. He says in the epistle, we know love by this, that he laid down his life for us. We know love by this, that he laid down his life for us. Jesus is offering this good shepherd teaching well before his passion, well before his crucifixion. And, and, it, and yet it is clear that even now he understands that for the vindication of his sheep over the proverbial wolf of sin and death, he is going to have to lay down his life. Five times in this short gospel passage, Jesus says he is going to lay down his life. It's not just the fact of laying it down that amazes me. I mean, that's amazing enough. But in fact, he says he is going to be in control the whole time. Right? He is not resigned to laying down his life. He is not fearfully saying, I know what they do to guys like me. He is determined to lay down his life. He says, the Father loves me because I lay down my life in order to take it up again. He says, no one takes it from me. I lay it down of my own accord. I have the power to lay it down. I have the power to take it up again. In other words, he sees the wolf, grabs his staff, steals his spine, and he is ready now to lay down his life. He is in it for the sheep. We know love by this, John says. And let me tell you, this is so important. And it's important because... I mean, when the doctor calls with an unexpected diagnosis or when the principal calls for the fourth time that week from the school or when it turns out our marriage actually wasn't as strong as we thought it was or when we've totally blown it in whatever way again, when the clouds of life are growing dark and stormy around us, we're tempted in those valley of the shadow of death moments uh, to, to wonder how could a good God Let this happen and still love me. And it's in those hard moments, those valley of the shadow of death moments, that we look to the cross. We see the good shepherd laying down his life for us, for his sheep. And we think again of of St. Paul's famous words to the Romans, can anything separate us from the love of Christ? Can can tribulation or some sort of hardship separate us from the love of Christ? Can, Can persecution or famine, can nakedness or danger or sword or 
cancer or failure or any other dark cloud in life? Can any of these things separate us from the love of Christ? And he says, no, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. How did he love us? He laid down his life for us. He laid down his life for the sheep in order to forgive us completely. In order to pull us out of the ditch of our own sin. In order to reconcile us always and forever with the Father. Now, we may not like being called sheep. But we know that we are prone to wander. We can all be pretty sheepy sometimes. You know, stubborn, independent, not real smart. But notice that Jesus never says, y'all better stop acting like sheep. He just says, keep your eyes on the shepherd. Keep your eyes on the shepherd. Because his love for us is not dependent upon our behavior, upon our resume, upon our performance. We have a good shepherd who has laid down his life for us and who has taken it back up in the resurrection to give you eternal life with him. Amen.